Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. And we're here with another edition of the Youth Corner with uh, our guest host, Kelly Yang. And today's topic, I think we wanted to get into uh, academics and, and social life and balance in terms of school. So what are some of the topics that uh, you think would be worthwhile for us to get into today? Okay. Hi, everyone. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about um, what to do when you approach your first midterm or your first test. Uh, because as a student, for me, approaching my first test was probably the biggest shock that I had in university. All right, so back in high school, I was usually a fairly good student, um, studied for my tests, and I was able to do fairly well. So I assumed the same thing would happen in university. Uh, All of my teachers warned, oh, once you get to university, expect your mark to drop by 20 or 30%, it's normal. But of course, I didn't listen to their warning. So I had gone into my first midterm expecting the same grade that I had gotten throughout universe, throughout high school. And after the midterm, I felt pretty good. But when I got the mark back, um, it was almost a failing grade. And I was really shocked because I didn't know where I went wrong. Um, I studied the same way I'd always studied. I reviewed the material, made sure I knew what was going to be on the test um, and thought I had a pretty good grasp of it. But then when I actually looked through the midterm, I noticed that all of the marks I lost were based on understanding. So something really different between high school and university is that high school, you can memorize um, the things that will be tested and then do really well. But in university, it's not enough to just memorize. And I didn't understand that at the beginning. Um, So you have to actually go beyond that and be able to not only memorize it, but apply it. And I lost a lot of marks on the application portion. Um, So if I could go back, I would tell myself, First, to not be too upset over that first grade because there will be chances uh, to bring it back up. And a lot of the profs realize that it's your first midterm, you don't really know what you're doing. Um, So they're pretty lenient about it as well. And then second, to really understand how to study um, and not just what to study. I think that would be the two things that would help me get through my first midterm a bit better. Yeah, I think I had a similar but different experience where I, I did fairly well in, in high school, although uh, like I didn't end up getting into the uh, university that I wanted just because my grades weren't that high. Um, but uh, the, yeah, my first term was was horrible, probably the worst mark that I ever got. I actually got like a warning letter saying that, that you might be wow. like removed from your program <laughs> because I, I, I did so poorly. And, and part of it was a little bit of arrogance right so in, in I, I did computer science and there was this course where uh it was a uh, kind of an intro level to computer science which was optional for you to take um and uh, the kind of a um the first level uh, computer science course that that, that i took right I, I didn't bother with the intro one uh, because oh I'm, I'm so smart i don't i don't need that um and i took kind of that that kind of the first one slash second level one and like i bombed it like crazy and what they ended up doing with the program is they made that that intro one mandatory and then put the other one and pushed it back right so they changed the program because so many people were doing so poorly uh and probably <laughs> based on um my performance and, and the performance of the folks there so it, i can definitely echo the sentiment and it is tough and it is a huge blow to your ego right because if, if things have been going well for you uh it, throughout high school then university it's supposed to be this kind of uh 
land of opportunity for you to do a whole bunch of things and the first thing to get like like punched in the face and be like oh man what is this so yeah i would echo that 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 uh, don't worry too much about it but make sure that you learn from it and, and correct um from your mistakes and, and build new habits and things like that. So what are some of the habits and stuff that, that you started doing in terms of like studying and, and, and changing the ways that you did that? Or like what, what were some of the ways that uh, you helped help get you on the upswing of the, of the from the GPA side? Yeah, uh, so it's definitely possible to get your GPA back up. I think Luke and I can both attest to that. Uh, for me, I started studying in groups, which was not something that I did in high school. In high school, I just studied independently most of the time and it worked well for me. But in university, um, my friends and I would get together and we would actually test each other on topics and then take turns teaching different topics. So we would book a study room with a whiteboard and draw things on the board, ask questions. It was almost like a mini, mini lecture that we would put on for each other. And I found that really helped because you can't teach a topic unless you really understood the topic. So usually our beginning sessions would be us floundering and trying to struggle through a lesson. But then as our study sessions went on, we would get better and better. And so by the time we got to the midterm, um, all of us knew our stuff and we helped each other. So um, all of us would come out with pretty satisfied with our grades. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with that. But, uh, and, and that's one thing that I definitely encourage folks to do uh, when they're studying, because that's exactly what I didn't do. <laughs> because uh, in uh, second and third year, uh, well, after that horrible first year, I kind of like turtled in where I stayed uh, hyper-focused. I found, um, for those that know my story, I, I found these study cubes, which are kind of like the desks with like three walls on, on each side. And I basically spent uh, like my first three, almost four years of university in one of those study cubes, right? So I didn't go into groups. I still end up doing well because if all you do is kind of sit and study, well, you have really nothing else to do. Uh, but there's not much of a, of, of a social life, not enough time for you to actually do stuff. Because in school, yes, there's class. Yes, there's study groups. And, and I encourage folks to, to build relationships and friends uh, that way. But you also want to take advantage of, of other things other things right so uh, what, what about uh, kind of the, the social life were there things outside of school like hanging out with friends and stuff like how did how did you manage that because well for me I, I was kind of a bit of a loner <laughs> and a geek at least until my final year where I did a little bit of things but uh, up until there I didn't really do much and hopefully you had a better time so what are some of the things that that you did and, and some things that you'd suggest for folks to do out there yeah I think my program had a very strong focus on supplementing academics with other things. I know engineering is always notorious for just having crazy course loads. So there's not really much opportunity for you to create time to socialize. Uh, but for my program, at least in business, um, our course load is fairly light in terms of like courses. A lot of it is self-study. But if you manage your time well, then you do have significant amounts of free time for you to uh, do what you want. And for me, I kind of set up this schedule where I would study my butt off Monday to Thursday um, and do club activities and then try to save Friday and Saturday um, for going out with friends or attending social events um, or even just getting together, watching a movie, doing something chill like that to kind of recover from the week. And then Sunday was a buffer zone. Sometimes we would um, hang out with friends. Sometimes if I had a midterm coming up, I would spend the day studying. So it really depends. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked to some folks in some of the more technical degrees. And I think the hours in terms of class load is, is like some engineering programs are like, like 50, 55, 60 hours worth of class a week. 
Uh, whereas compared to a lot of uh, management or business programs are kind of like 30, 35, like 40 is kind of heavy course load. So that's like an extra like day or two <laughs> for, for some of those folks. But a lot of them have like fewer electives and things like that too. So uh, for those that do have extra time, yeah, definitely take advantage of it. And uh, so uh, being on on um, res, so, so one of the differences because I, I was uh, one of the commuters, right? So I had to uh, come in from home, which is like an hour away, like kind of door to door, take the take the TTC, take the bus <laughs> over. Uh, whereas you could probably just uh, from from your uh, res, just kind of like uh, roll in <laughs> from bed into classroom. Um, but what what was kind of like a, a typical day if you could kind of schedule it uh, appropriately? Like, did you pretty much uh, do do mostly kind of like nine to five courses? Did you have a lot of evening courses, and then how did you kind of um, manage and 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 stick in? Uh, either club time or, or like time with friends or whatever within the day. And, and obviously it changes year from year and term to term, but like uh, over, overall, like what are some of the, the tips and tricks that you would kind of say, like if you could change it or what are the, some things that work for you um, yeah. in, in regards to kind of balancing kind of uh, the studying stuff and, and all the extracurriculars? Yeah, so my strategy differed from first year when I was on res to second year and beyond when I was also commuting. Um, but in first year, uh, for me, I, I can be a morning person if I force myself to. And by forcing myself to, I mean taking morning classes so that I have to wake up in the mornings. Um, but that means that I'm productive most of the other time because um, if I wake up early, then I have more time in the day. So I just took a lot of morning classes so that my afternoons would be free. Um, and I would study in the afternoon, do some club activities. And then I usually tried to leave some time to do some sports or something like fitness related because um, I was trying to ward off the freshman 15 and to keep my brain sharp as well. Um, so usually my day would just be classes, studying, maybe a club meeting, um, maybe go for a run, come back, um, eat dinner with friends and that would kind of be my social activity for a day, for a weekday, and then maybe study with a group until it was time for bed. And then what time was uh, the typical bedtime? Because I know uh, students are notorious for like uh, staying up late and uh, sometimes uh, two, three, four in the morning and then waking up um, closer to noon <laughs> for, for some folks. But I guess with uh, morning classes, you weren't able to do that. But uh, yeah, what, what what's typical? And, and obviously there's a difference between uh, like normal class time and like midterm and final season. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what were some of the kind of pitfalls of like, uh, too many activities or too few activities, too much studying or too little? And like, how did it affect kind of timing and things like that? Yeah, um, I, I think there was one year where I suffered sleep deprivation. Oh, definitely. really? Okay. Because um, uh, I also like to stay up late. It's just, I wish I could help it, but I can't. And I've tried to curb this habit. Um, I'm not up too late. I'm usually up to like one, maybe two. But because I force myself to wake up early for class, um, it means I get like not enough sleep that I'm supposed to. So I think my tip and trick would be um, figure out what works for you and then like force yourself to get at least seven or eight to eight hours. I'm not sure if I would have performed better like academically, physically, if I slept uh, the recommended hours, but it would be nice if I were to be able to know, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So in a lot of the research that I've done in terms of like health and learning and studying and stuff like that. so. Uh, there's some research that actually says that lack of sleep is uh, similar to being uh, intoxicated, right? So if you wow. get, let's say, uh, six hours instead of the seven, eight hours worth of sleep, 
it's like you you had a beer, right? So you're going around like mildly intoxicated. So if you've ever had like that brain fog where you're not thinking correctly, well, it's basically the, the, the same thing. Um, and and uh, there, there's also some uh, premises where people have different, uh, they call them chronotypes. So different uh, times where you have like the the uh, the night owls, like the the early birds and stuff like that, and, and people who will work in the middle. And there's actually um, some some like evolutionary evidence that like teenagers and uh, kind of young adults are wired to be more of like the um, uh, the night owls and like the, okay. the um, nighttime folks because evolutionarily, like if uh, you had to protect like the tribe or the village from like wolves or, or nocturnal animals or something, you would need like the, 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 the kind of the strongest, the fittest, which are usually like the, the, the teens, like the young adults uh, to be around and awake in order to ward them off, right? So apparently there's some sort of evolutionary thing that is there. So uh, try not to fight against your biology. <laughs> so if you know that, then uh, take that to your advantage. But uh, yeah, sometimes, unfortunately, the world is set up to be kind of like nine to five, <laughs> which if it works against your biology, you may have to adjust. So for those that are able to do like early classes and, and that's kind of the motivation because you have some external accountability, well, then do that. But keep in mind that you need your sleep too. So uh, that, that, that's uh, definitely some, some useful advice and, and words of wisdom. So what are some other things that you might want to advise for folks in order to help kind of like balance between kind of their, their studying and their academics and even like kind of work time and, and their own social and, and lifetime? What are some other pieces of advice that you'd have for folks? Yeah, I think it's really important to have a balance. Um, it's very important to have good grades and to study and also to be involved in at least one or two extracurriculars because it helps when it comes to the job search. Um, but you should also leave time for yourself, for your friends. Um, if you're not super extroverted, maybe push yourself to join a club um, or to actually set aside time to meet with friends uh, because I think it helps you to become a more well-rounded person and it'll help you succeed in the workforce as well. Um, and if you have a hard time planning out things for yourself, I recommend actually using like a calendar. So for me, um, I would make a to-do list and I would put even the smallest things like, oh, grab dinner with uh, my friend, let's say Amy after class. So even though I would have done it anyways, it just reminds me um, to like schedule in these little things. What, what about the uh, topic of procrastination? So I know as a student, like I would suffer from that uh, immensely where like uh, I have two weeks to do an assignment or like uh, a whole term to, to get this one last thing done. But like the, the cramming that happens the night before type of thing, even though all of the uh, recommendations is, is like to start early and, and, and to work your way up to it. That's definitely something that I didn't do, but I wish I, I, I did suffer that. But uh, were there any, uh, well, what was your experience, first of all, and, and were there anything that kind of helped you uh, with that to alleviate procrastination or you just couldn't help it and you tried to do the best to cram as much as you could? Yeah, I actually really dislike procrastination. It makes me anxious. So I think I got lucky in, with my personality. Um, and I think going through the IB program helped me as well, um, because in the IB program, they throw so much stuff at you uh, that if you procrastinate, you basically almost kill yourself. <laughs> so then coming to university, I enjoyed getting tasks done quickly and it helped me later on um, because classes don't often, don't always, assign everything up front, you might get work along the way. So then if I had things out of the way from the start, I would have more time to work on the new assignments as they came in. Um, but I know procrastination is a very real issue. And 
uh, I know some of my friends, the way they deal with it is when they get an assignment um, that first week, they like force themselves to read over the assignment. Um, and then usually just reading over it will encourage them to start working on it because they'll get some sort of inspiration. Um, cool. So yeah, I think someone said the first step of starting is taking the first step. And I think that helps with procrastination. Yeah, the hardest part is the first step. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. what, what I took away from that is to try to find like the, the, the Kellys of the world, because there are people out there <laughs> who have kind of that um, kind of predisposition to starting things early. And uh, I, I find that the, the expression, uh, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with is, is really quite true. And so if you're able to find a group of people who kind of study early and start early and get things done early, well, chances are that's what you're going to be doing. But if everybody around you uh, like waits the last minute and crams and all that sort of stuff, well, you're probably going to do the same thing. So yeah, that, that's another piece of useful advice is to try to find people who exhibit the behaviors uh, that, that you want to exhibit. And uh, it's sometimes you can't kind of like get rid of or, or fire your friends. Uh, mm -hmm. But what you can do is, is probably spend an extra hour a week uh, or a day with the, the people that, that do exhibit the habits that you want to and maybe uh, transition uh, over, right? Because uh, yeah, you, you don't want to uh, unfriend people necessarily in, in real life, but uh, it, it can be helpful. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a really great point. Yeah, I think uh, we, we provide some some useful guidance in terms of, well, first time when you go into uh, from high school to university, uh, you, you probably have to change your study habits, right? So what got you here uh, won't necessarily get you there to the next step. Um, so and don't be surprised. Uh, everyone talks about kind of a, a drop. <laughs> so don't be surprised if it's real, right? Not all of us believe it, but uh, for some people, it doesn't it doesn't affect them. For most of us, it, it, it does. Uh, so, things like different sort of study techniques in terms of like uh, knowing your when you study best or, or find people who kind of exhibit the behaviors. Uh, any other tips and tricks or techniques uh, that, that you might recommend for folks to consider in terms of uh, academics, uh, work life or so, study life balance and, and uh, uh, any, anything in that regard? Yeah, so I think you touched on work life, which is interesting. Um, if you're also working part-time, it makes it extra difficult to manage everything. Um, but at the same time, it can add structure to your day. So it's like a double-edged sword. And for me, one year I was working uh, part-time while I was in school. And I think that's the year that I was the most put together because it really forced me to um, schedule everything to a T so that I wouldn't miss any club meetings. Um, I wouldn't neglect my friends or my academics. Um, and I still had time for myself. That's cool. Yeah, so definitely putting a little bit more structure. Uh, one, one of the things I recommend folks from a time management perspective is to create their model week, which is basically if you had a choice, if I had a magic wand and, and you could spend the week exactly how you wanted to, how would it be like, right? When would you wake up? When would you go to class? When did you do this? When did you do that? Right. And, and basically schedule yourself up to the, like the, the half hour, 15 minutes if you really need to. Uh, and then use that as a priority list. So it doesn't have to be an exact schedule in that, oh, it's 3.45, I should be doing this and having whatever um, snacks with, with, with Amy or whatever, but it could be uh, more of, hey, I, I said that I would uh, do my assignment. I, I said that I'd go apply for these jobs. I said I'd do this volunteering or whatever, but I didn't. So it's really understanding what's important for you and, and importing that into your, your schedule. So yeah, that's another uh, tip and trick. So. I think we gave a, a lot of useful tips and advice in terms of uh, studying and, and uh, school or, or just some sort of social life and balance in there. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get into additional topics in, in future weeks. 
And uh, yeah, if, if you have nothing else to add, then we'll see you everyone in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.